Live from the Talking Joe Studios, it's Talking Joe with Chief and Chris. Hey, 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 it's me, the Chief. I'm joined by my good buddy. Hi, it's Chris, aka Diagnostic 80 from the Full Force Podcast and now the Talking Joe Podcast. How are you, my friend? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Really excited to be getting into these issues after last week wow it's been a week after last week's kind of initial episode kind of getting involved getting in the swing of things it's, yeah i kind of look forward to this now even though i have to edit it <laughs> yeah. i do look I, forward hey, to it hey i'm just a talent yeah, i don't exactly. do any of that editing. exactly you're the you're the rock star i'm kidding i'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> joint partnership 50-50. busy week in uh, castle chief thanks for all the well wishes for the wife so she is, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, you'll, you won't know that we went to Centre Parks, the Chief family. Unfortunately, my wife had an accident on a bike, uh, had to go to hospital, was looking a bit uh, beat up worse for wear. But now she, fac- facially, she looks normal. Oh, good. Um, she, she, all the swelling and bruising has gone down. It's got a little bit of back pain and the, the eye is hurting, the socket is kind of hurting a little bit. And she has been... Getting a little bit, you know, more forgetful than normal and very tired, but she's kind of Googled symptoms of concussion and that should kind of dissipate over a couple of weeks. Mm. So uh, on on the road to recovery. And interestingly, uh, our little one who was three, it was very cool at the time, but then after the, the, the event, she, you know, she kind of opened up and said that she was worried and she didn't realise it was mummy on the floor. And um, she said she would never ride a bike again. Oh. And then she made a decision last week to suddenly say... Uh, daddy i want to go and ride my bike good girl and so took her out and effectively now i cannot do anything else with her apart from her running a bike hours upon hours a day (laughs) that's awesome that's actually that's a good thing though because you don't want her like you know falling into that i'm i'm not going to do anything whenever i have a bad experience with it do you know what i mean like i think it was kind of like she wanted to conquer her fear she kind of built up the courage to say yes i want to do it you know and then and then did it so yeah does your wife look a little bit like zarana on the front cover of issue 77 <laughs> right now oh I, I wish she did no that's a bit mean no uh yeah yeah uh, a little bit yeah apart from the no pink hair oh uh, that's actually a good question i saw some tweets of someone dressed as baron ironblood is that you a relative of yours by any chance oh that's my wife that is you i surmised it might be yes yes well done sir yeah <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that's that's Kate. She um uh, has made the most incredible like we she calls it the Baroness Ironblood cos costume. Of course. And it's I mean it's kind of genius really. It's inspired because um we you know she just we were just kind of like messing around with like some of the some ideas to kind of try for a kind kind of because she's in, she's really into cosplay in a massive way. Uh, she's done like Ninja Force Scarlet and Verona. Crystal Ball was quite hilarious. That was amazing. <laughs> she's done Sergeant Slaughter with the Tash and everything. Brilliant. Yeah, that was just for that was for my benefit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if if you haven't seen uh, the pictures, I urge you to go and check out Chris's wife, so to speak, <laughs> by uh, looking at her cosplay. I'm sure it's you know on the Full Force feed and and in other places. But it's, I thought it was really fantastic. My missus hates all my hobbies, especially comics. Aww. So she wants nothing to do with any of it. Oh my, uh, yeah, Kate's a huge collector as well. She loves that okay. kind of stuff. We're we're big GI Joe, Action Force, Turtles, all sorts. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, excellent. Uh, yeah, the only other thing I've been up to this week is I have been prepping a big shipment of comics to go off to the bookbinders. Nice. Hollingworth and Moss in Leeds. I know a lot of people use their 
binding services. They they just do standard kind of binding, but then they kind of opened it up to, to comic binding when that became a bit of a thing a few years ago. So I sent off 30 volumes got picked up today. Wow. And that includes the next two volumes of G.I. Joe Real American Hero, which will take me up to, I think, 250. Wow. I will, I will then have fully bound in 10 volumes, 25 issues per volume. I sent off eight volumes of IDW's relaunched continuity from like 10 years ago yeah. to include, you know, the, the G.I. Joe, the special missions, the origins, the, the Cobra stuff. That, that, to- that comprises eight volumes. Wow. I did 10 volumes of Batman, which will then take me to a complete run of Batman from 1992 all the way up to 2011. Or sorry, 2011. I don't like to say... 2011 <laughs> is how I like to pronounce the year. I had, I had this thing with Ben where I how don't do you know pronu- which one to say. I always, how do you I, pronounce? How do you pronounce the year you were born? 1980. Yeah, you don't say 1980, do you? No. So it's not the year 2019. It's the year 2019. <laughs> You know, if you're going to so, do it, be consistent. Exa- no, I agree. I totally agree. But it seems to be different every time I open my mouth. Like yeah. I don't have a specific way of doing it. Okay, that's fine. That's why you're learning. You're, you know, you're new to the new to the game, <laughs> to the year game, as it as it is. I'm but, so um, new to this. To the year game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, ten volumes of Batman. Uh, I sent off three volumes of Invincible Iron Man, which was a Matt Fraction Salvador La Roca run a few years ago. I sent off two volumes of Doom 2099 the Marvel series from the mid-90s, which was lucky because I was going to send all this stuff off the day before yesterday and it was a good job I waited because a shipment of comics from America came which had some key Doom 2099 issues that I needed to include. So that let me then send two volumes of that off. One volume of Hawkeye, which was the Kelly Thompson-written Hawkeye series starring Kate Bishop and then spilled over into West Coast Avengers, which finished earlier this year. And I think that is probably it. So I've got 30 of those. Blimey. Yeah. That's basically spending most of my bonus I got from work this year. So That's awesome. So I suppose in a way it kind of like alleviates the kind of the comic in comic boxes problem, doesn't it? And, and but, yeah. but, but creates a bookshelf issue yeah. as well. Well, that's the, that's the only... I've got a bookshelf that has comics on it. And it's the only one I'm allowed in the living room on show because the spines of these books... And I'll take a picture and send my bookcase... The spines of these books uh, look—they make them look like regular books. Uh, so that's how I get away with having them in the living room. But then the covers—sometimes I have laminate covers. But um, friend, friend of the show, the Seddon brothers, Mark and Peter—they do a lot of comic binding. They've—they've they've had all their GI Joe stuff done as well. So, cool. but there you go. Anyway, uh, that, that's a glimpse into our weeks. It is unfortunately time to go inside Chief's mind. So this is what's grinding my gears this week, what's getting the monkey in the wrench, the, uh, you know, uh, getting on my wick, so to speak, and it is old codger drivers. So I was uh, out to, I was going to John Lewis this week because, oh, that's the other thing, I've got a moth, I've got a carpet moth infestation in my house. Goodness. So we spotted some moths flying around the house, and then we spotted some, we pulled out the, some of the furniture, and we saw these little rice. They look like little grains of rice, but it's actually uh, moth, carpet moth larvae uh, in their cocoons. Wow. And we found about sort of 20 or 30 in each room of the house under furniture. Lovely. So I hoovered them all up, and apparently they're a nightmare to get rid of, but I hoovered them all up, and I bought moth traps and um, spray and all that kind of stuff. And I ordered it from Amazon next day delivery to come yesterday. But by sort of 10am, it hadn't arrived. And I thought, what if it doesn't come till late at night? And I needed to do it when the other two, the missus and the kid, weren't in the house. So I cycled off to John Lewis 
to pick up some stuff and then uh, on the way anyway that's that's another story but uh and i'll probably that'll <laughs> be my, say, grinding like, my gears. how does that, this relate to old codger drivers that'll be like... grinding my gears next week when i can't get rid of these <laughs> moths but anyway um i'm going i'm on my way home and there is a there's a crossing and it's a zebra crossing i don't know if you have such things as zebra crossings you'll you'll be familiar with them from the uk but i don't know if they're, <laughs> fully aware they're, of they're, a, they're a i don't know if they're a type of crossing in the us but anyway it's effectively painted black and white stripes across the road pedestrian crossings out here and it's a pedestrian cross it's a, it's one of a number of pedestrian crossings and the pelican the zeb sorry the zebra crossing just has one pole on either side of the road with a glowing yellow sphere. ball yeah. on the sphere on the end and it kind of i think it only glows when when it senses evil when it senses evil exactly <laughs> when cobra commanders in the in the vicinity uh, no i think i think it glows when there's a pedestrian near it but i could be wrong but anyway, the onus here on a zebra crossing, it's the most ridiculous crossing in the world. The onus here is on the driver to stop when they see someone wanting to cross the road. So not like a normal traffic light, which obviously in the UK goes red to the driver to signal to stop. And then a little green man appears to tell the pedestrian to cross. And then obviously vice versa. Red man, don't cross pedestrian. Green light, go as a, a motorist. On a zebra crossing, there's no lights. This has turned into a PSA, hasn't it? This there's no, there's, there's no, yeah, the green cross. He was in the uh, the old comics, wasn't he? The old 2000 ADs and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, so the onus is on the, the driver to stop. So you kind of take your life in your hands a little bit. You've got to hope that the driver's seen you because most of the time I just walk out into the road and then they see me, you know, if they're about sort of 20, 30 metres away, they'll see me or people in general, yeah. not just me. They won't just stop for me only, which would be a good thing to do, a superpower. But anyway. It'd be a chief crossing, that would be. Yeah, yeah, they will slow down. Only chiefs allowed. They will slow down and stop. But I'd given this driver about 30, 40 metres. I'd seen him. I thought he clocked me. So I started walking across this thing. Some old in his... I don't know what he was driving, some supercar that he should have no right to be behind the wheel of, and he just didn't stop. I had to literally dive out of the way. Wow. Well, I didn't really, I didn't really dive, I just backpedaled. Oh, but I was really hoping you'd have done some sort of like ninja commando roll. I or should have done a Snake Eyes commando roll and pulled the Uzi out. <laughs> yeah, I think I flipped in the bird or something. You know, it was old codgers. He, he didn't even look at me, so he hadn't seen me. It wasn't like. You know, he's like, I'm just going to keep going. He just, he didn't speed up or anything, you know, trying to hit me. But it was just, he hadn't seen me. So I want these old codgers to retake their driving tests, you know, after, if you've done 20 years of driving, I think you should retake it. I agree. Even if you're like 40 or whatever, but because there's so many bad motorists on the road. But anyway, that's what's grinding my gears this week. Old drivers. <laughs> Sorry, I'll put in like a little honking <laughs> sound effect at the end of that. Oh, yeah. Um, yo, I'm totally with you on that, like a thousand percent. And living out here in yeah. the States, you get all sorts of really bad drivers like no one seems to be able to understand the rules of the road they've just they've had like roundabouts in the town that we're in uh for i don't know how long it's been but it it hasn't been that long and people just still don't know how to use them it's embarrassing and quite hilarious at times so Yeah. yeah um i feel your pain anyway on that note Let's talk about some G.I. Joe comics. Right, so this week we have got uh, main regular series, Real American Heroes, 77 and 78, and Special Missions 9 and 10. Where do you want to start? I'll leave it up to you. Do you want to do Special Missions first or the main series? I want to do the main series first because the Special Missions I I love so much and I always save the best to last. (laughs) I like it. So... Right, so here we've got uh, 77, so let's just have a, let's do the covers. So the cover is Lady J and Zorana in a bit of a, bit of a girl fight going on here. I like that they've, you can see that her thumbnail has scratched Lady J's face and there's like a bit of kind of almost like black blood 
type line running down Vicious. her face. Yeah, I, yeah, that's the first thing I'm drawn to when I look at this cover is that kind of thing that's happening on Lady J's face. And then you see the kind of bruise on Zorana's face and her hair yep. getting pulled. And it's like, geez, this is a violent cover. Yep, good stuff, good stuff. Is that, who, who is that cover artist? I'm not actually sure. It might, is it Ron Wagner? I have no idea. It doesn't say in the credits for some stupid I had a reason. little look on yojo.com who are normally pretty good at, at citing cr- creative credits. But um, they haven't got anything in here. Because mm. Mike, Mike Zek obviously did a lot of covers. Yeah. He's now come to the end he was actually in um london this week just gone i went to uh london mcm comic-con yeah An- you- another another unplanned segue didn't he absolutely rinse you or try to well no yeah he was he had about four or five tables and um had a little chat with him i never met him before really nice guy he has been over to london before but i didn't speak to him last time when he was there so had a little chat to him nice guy had a lot of prints including some gi joe ones that i forgot to go back and buy he was selling blown up you know high-res versions of some of his covers cool and um meant to buy some but completely forgot and he was doing sketches and it was something like 300 dollars for a bust for a kind of pen and ink bust and wow yeah it was um I, I just couldn't you know i'd love to have something from him but i just can't be spending that kind of cash however again friend of the show mark said and he on the sunday went and i think business was fairly slow for a lot of these big name artists who were there because that particular con is mainly focused on kind of video games, movies, TV, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And although there is a comic village area, they've only started bringing in big name artists to this particular show because this is held at the London Excel Centre, which is a massive, massive. venue. Oh yeah. my God, that place is huge. And it, and it took up two sides of it. Not the whole of both sides, but kind of half of each side. And uh, these big name sort of artists that had come over... Uh, Rob Liefeld was there, Was Potassio, Rags Morales. So there was, you know, some some good good names. Yeah, and they were they were charging a lot of money, and I think they didn't get the same uh, footfall to their tables as they might have got at a US show where they yeah. where people are going to see them specifically. So on the Sunday, a lot of people dropped their prices, and I'll see if Mark can post up an image because he got a Snake Eyes for something silly like sixty or eighty bucks. Cool. So yeah, a Sunday seems to be a good day to catch people when they oh, want yeah, to get yeah. some drop their prices. My good friends and uh, kind of like show sponsors, In Demand Toys, uh, Mass and Nick, uh, and the Carnekis as well. Shout out to them. They were at that show and they, they go to all those shows. And when I was in the UK, I would go to those shows with them, and it was just amazing. Like I don't want to do conventions as a punter anymore. I only want to go if right. I can, like you know, help out or do that kind of stuff because. It's so much more. It's there's so much more freedom, and obviously you can get there in er, you can get in early, and you can go around and look at stuff before you know it yep. opens, and you can kind of chat with vendors and and get stuff before the show opens. It's so much better than going as a punter because I feel like once everyone just gets in there, it's so difficult to move around. Even in the yeah. XL, which my goodness, I have seen some huge shows at the XL. I mean, that is a massive, massive place. Like, it takes a good, like, 15 minutes to walk from one end to the other. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, I mean, that is, it's huge. And it's on, you know, either side, it's just, like, convention halls. And then this huge hallway down the middle of the whole thing. Yeah. And I have seen that place packed in, in all air arenas and outside. And it is, like, just incredible to see that yeah. many people. I went, I went on the Friday this year. And the same, I went October last year on the Friday because I found it was just Wait, definitely yeah. a lot quieter. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, Jojo. But anyway, yeah, yeah. No, 
Aftershocks. Uh, um, yes. So this is Aftershocks is 77, like you say. Um, and then just quick, I just wanted to cover both covers at the start. Oh, so sorry. Yeah. Seven, seven, that's right. 78 is Payback. And here you've got Roadblock. Is that Lola on the left? I think it's Lola. Yes. And then Grunt on the right. Yes. Because at first I thought, oh, well, it's CoverGirl. But of course it's not. It's Grunt and Lola who've last seen, he went to Georgia, didn't he? Georgia yeah. University met yeah. Lola and we haven't seen him for a long time. But I like that cover. Pretty striking, especially with the perspective of that massive barrel of that 50 cal pointing up in the sky. It's bloody huge. I lo- and yeah. I lo- obviously, we do get Roblox talking about the size of his weapon later Correct. on in the second issue. But yeah. Yeah, well, so we'll, we'll cover this as a two issue arc. So you've got pencils by Marshall Rogers on the first one and Rod Wiggum on the second. And then inking, you've got Randy Emberlin, Fred Fredericks. Colors, you've got Bob Shireen, who colors both. And Rick Parker does lettering for both. I must say, I'm not a massive, massive fan of issue 77, aka Marshall Rogers' art on this one. I'm not sure if it's. I, I think it is the art as well, but like you know the the colouring and the art, I'm not like a mass. I don't think they really go that well together. This opening scene, the opening panel, actually is is rather. This is the best that it gets for me. I think it's a beautiful opening scene, and I think everything looks great. The tomahawks are gorgeous, and they're probably one of my favourite vehicles of all time in the Joe. Like it's they're up there. They're in the top five at yep. least. But I just don't think for the rest of the issue. I just don't like some of the perspective is a bit weird some of the proportions of the bodies are a little bit off and and yeah I'm just I'm just not a massive fan of the art other than apart from this first panel which is just gorgeous yeah I mean I think I I'm not overly familiar with Marshall Rogers I know some of the Batman work he's done and that definitely was better I think you know that was maybe it's a better fit for his style but I think I I don't think this is representative of him as an artist however I do agree with what you're saying and I think he had pitched in either 61 I think it was maybe that uh, was an issue that Todd McFarlane had done 60 and was supposed to do 61 yeah yeah, and then then I think they scrapped the issue because it was either so bad or I don't know other reasons so Marshall Rogers pitched in and did one and maybe so he was a fill-in artist kind of thing and he did a good job on that one and maybe they just thought here okay so uh, Rod Wiggum or Ron Wagner were you know behind with scheduling or something so Maybe they just thought, oh, let's get Marshall Rogers to do, do a couple of quick fill-ins. So I'm going to lean with that as the reason for, yeah. for the art. But yeah. maybe, you know, I'm just uh, trying to give him a break or not. I don't it's, know. A, it's a shame, though, because that opening panel is perfect. Like, it's yeah. it's really solid. It's got some really good composition. You know, everything just looks so brilliant in it. And then the rest of it, I'm just, just not feeling it. Um, and another thing I should mention on that first panel is we see Hawk now wearing his his kind of like combo gear now he's got his yeah. his baseball cap but he's got his jacket back on so i i honestly feel and i said this to you before we started recording um i think an attempt has been made here to cover both hawk designs to to kind of basically appease for the the issue of that continuity slip up in the previous yep. issues and i think they've tried to go well give him his cap and then at least we can you know it, it kind of it kind of explains away some of that ridiculous continuity issue yeah that kind of makes sense i guess because he because he's wearing his helmet in the previous issue that's the other yeah. thing like it's like the it's almost like the next panel follows directly at the end of that issue yeah, yeah. and now he's got his cap on again it's like he's just who's who's his assistant who does he keep passing his helmet off to to look after that's what i want to know <laughs> we should just briefly explain for those who aren't reading along or haven't read these issues in a long time this is this kind of two-part arc is 
you know, kind of six or seven pages of epilogue of the Cobra Civil War on the island as the Joes kind of vacate and Cobra kind of consolidates. But then the main kind of issue and a half, issue and three quarters of of this uh, two-issue arc is the fallout for the Joe team. Mm. So what what happens with the Joes? Because they've gone on to a sovereign state effectively and it's all in the news now. And there's some higher-ups who do not want to take the fall and they are labelling some of the Joes and it's what happens to those Joes and how they extricate themselves from that scenario. So yeah, a lot of stuff happens in Washington, etc. But we'll come on to that as we, as we cover our highlights, etc. From, from this story. So yeah, there's, there's an interesting bit where, where, you know, you mentioned the scrap of Zorana and Lady J. So they're fighting. I thought that fight scene played out quite nicely with a bit of humour. Yeah. You know, Lady J swinging, swinging a something, hits Zorana in the face and... Uh, that kind of instigates the whole fight and then the, the the crowd of cobras and joes are mixing together as they watch him fight which i thought was quite interesting yeah and uh i like how you get those shots of their like the long shots with all the heads on the show and then like you, yeah. but you can't see what the fight's doing in the in a, in a sense and that's quite an interesting top panel on one of the pages where you've got you've got it split into two so you've got the fight happening underneath and you've got all their heads and stuff looking at the fight above yeah. Uh, I think that's quite an interesting, uh, an odd choice as well, considering that could yeah. have been maybe one big square. But yeah. uh, again, it's it's quite cool. I wasn't sure about this bit of dialogue. So Lieutenant Falcon, who is obviously part of that, that great covert team, has just come out of the jungle and wants to know what's going on. And then the fight's been split up. This is on page six. The fight's been split up and the dreadnoughts are walking away. And Torch says, yeah, I like the, the way she kept hitting the soles of Lady J's boots with her face, which is fine. And then... Monkey Wrench says, "Ah, it was Chump." What does that mean? Goodness, I have no idea. Is I, that is that? I, I, when I read that as well, I was kind of thinking, I bet that's like an like they hit, they've heard that that that's like a saying or something from like a I don't know where Larry was or where Larry was living at the time, maybe like in right. New York or something, and like that was maybe like a saying that they would they would use. But some I, I do find that in like some of the later Real American Hero issues, he'll use very kind of old fashioned phrases. Right. in like you know in a modern setting but that i have i just i yeah you've i've best, quite often i've guess, quite mate. often called people chumps but uh it it's probably on a daily chump. basis i call someone a chump but i've never said it was chump yeah but i might do i'm bringing it back in <laughs> this podcast is chump that kind of <laughs> but thing, no but right? what does he you know is it does it mean good or bad he's oh. like ah it was chump I'm guessing, in, was, I'm guessing. Holy was, moly, that's good. Or what a load of dross. I think dross. I think the. I think the second part. Okay. There. All right. <laughs> okay. <sighs> good to good to clarify that before I start calling. Uh, hey to the missus. Hey, that spaghetti bolognese you made was chump. <laughs> How f- dare you? Slap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, it's kind of a. And there's a few digs being got in, isn't there? Because um, early on, Cobra Commander says something like, "Oh, you know." get off my island blah 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 i'm magnanimously allowing you to le- evacuate your personnel peacefully and then later on hawk says yeah but you got five times as many wounded it's kind of a tit for tat kind of yeah scenario. yeah yeah and interesting as well another cool couple of cool bits i like uh, and this is cut over to destro and the baroness destro is sun tanning in his briefs with sunglasses and a mask amazing amazing have you, have you ever seen the episode of rick and morty when they're in like that kind of mad max universe i think i've only seen season one okay so, well and that was a long time ago and it does not ring a bell this guy's got like a bucket on his head one of the mad max character type guys and and like the lo- his lower half is like you know there's just kind of weird 
sexy gimp suit type, you know like kind of just the strap so like he's basically on show and when right. he takes when he takes his helmet off his entire head is like not tan you know like the rest of his body is yeah. i just have this feeling that when destro takes his helmet off it's just his white face <laughs> to the neck but that is just the most i love that scene of just the two of them in there like proper just oiled up yeah incredible incredible and uh, another, another couple of key bits from from the island are she effectively tells destro that it's not cobra commander in the suit mm. mindbender then lets on to fred seven that he knows it's not cobra commander in the suit so it's effectively everyone knows now yeah uh, and then the other another cool bit which i don't think is ever touched upon is that mindbender's packing serpentor's body in ice yeah you never know that could come back that could come back soon <laughs> just not in the old run right i haven't i like i said mentioned before i'm quite behind on the idw continuation of this i've got all the issues but i'm quite behind so um i, I like serpentor so if he does come back that's uh i'll welcome that um but anyway that's for another time <laughs> i like how they're stacking those bats up that's amazing <laughs> yeah that's good that's good and then uh captain dude captain min yeah uh he basically gets a hydrofoil for his troubles <laughs> i know it's really funny how he just appears out of nowhere and like attacks yeah. cobra commander and then he's like whispering in his ears like i'm gonna tell on you and then it's like okay yeah. i'll do whatever you want it's yeah. just uh yeah there's some again there's some kind of quirky bits again in this issue and then we get get to the meat of this story which is back in the u.s and the pentagon road yeah roadblock hawk and general hollingsworth are going to the pentagon and they've they found some unmarked random door because uh, they're going to see the jugglers. Mm. I've never seen these guys actually juggling, which is a bit of no. a, like because you know we've seen we've seen like the bear and we've we've been at the we've been at the fair, and yeah. We've seen, yeah. but we haven't seen these guys juggling yet. So no. you know it's no. all bull in my opinion. These are just kind of high-ranking scumbags, aren't they? Who basically want to just shift the blame of anything onto onto the the, the foot soldier or the the guy below, and it just so happens that this cobra debacle. Uh, they want to pin the blame on this rather than the the proper decision makers who made the call. They want to stick it on the Joe team. They do insinuate that they're protecting people in a higher position than even yeah. them as well, don't they? Exactly, exactly. And this is, you know, across the back end of this issue and the next one, it's probably some of the wordiest issues that, that Harmer has done so far. And, you know, I'll be quite upfront now. I really, really, really dig this storyline. I'm big really a big fan of this. It's good because you've got the, you've got the kind of, the, on one hand, you've got the thing of, you know, the suspense of them getting like, they're going to be arrested and they're going to be in this d- a difficult situation. And then it's, then it's a case of someone's going to be fugitive. They've got to kind of like clear their name. And yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it, there's a, there's a load of tropes in there, but they're all like really, I don't yeah. know, like exciting ones, aren't they? And one thing I didn't really understand is the Joes have turned up in a helicopter to the Pentagon. They've had it out with the jugglers. Jugglers have said, ah, oh, blah, blah, blah. We're sticking it on you. MPs have come in to arrest them. They come out of the Pentagon, and there's a boatload of press. Yeah. Where do they come from? God knows. Maybe the jugglers organised that ah. in advance so that you know Clever. they could be on television and they could be the ones that then have the uh, spotlight on them as individuals. Yeah. There you go. You've solved it again. Um, <laughs> and this General Malthus dude, is they build him up, especially in the next issue, to, to definitely be kind of almost you know an arch villain if you will you know, yeah he's got villainous properties and they, they could have made them you know nameless and faceless and just be, have been high-ranking uh, scumbags but they kind of i guess it's it's easier to root against someone when yeah you know they've got a name and a face and, and a being a dick. 
Um, <laughs> when they've got a name, a face, and a. D- <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah. I, I must admit, I, I agree with you. I think this is a really good little kind of story, and I think the story is what what salvages this issue for me because when we get to the scene of the three of them arrested in the car yep. talking, again, yep. the art really falls very shy of what of the level that it's been at in this yeah. run so far i think that's probably a key point is in in comparison to what we've seen mm. you know i'm probably not as down on the art as much as you are i think uh, you know some of the sort of long shots and the highly detailed shots i think are really good but like you say maybe some of the faces mm. are a little bit off but you know i i, I generally think it's, it's actually i'm flicking through it now as we as we're speaking and i you know i actually don't think it's too bad but i do understand i do understand where you're coming from yeah i'm just um, i'm just an asshole but also no no, no it's on, fair. Like, I think it's fair. on the following page when because obviously they they decide between themselves that roadblock has to be the one to yeah because where are they getting taken now they're taking them to like a, a country club prison kind of thing are they yeah but it's it's like almost like a funny farm um kind of, oh. they, they describe it as um obviously like yeah. a mental health uh institution that's right because he says they got to see if they were mentally sound mm. or whatever yeah so the the problem with that is that accidents happen there which is what yes. you, you know keeps coming up um in this storyline so obviously they're going to be off anyway or they're going to try to off them so they know that roadblock has to be the one to break out and, and escape and he does it under the should we say the or the kind of the silent orders of both generals, yes. which is quite quite cool. They've done that before when uh, when the ripcord went to Cobra Island, mm. and he uh, was someone like, "I can't order you to go, <laughs> but if someone wanted to go and take recon photos, yeah, uh, la la la." And it's kind of that kind of explicit, but not actually giving the orders. Yeah, uh, you know, if someone were to escape from the back of this car and get help and organise a rescue attempt, nudge nudge, wink wink. And so then Roadblock does his ultimate warrior, breaks the chains, I mean, busts that's... out, rips the door off the hinges, cracks some dude over the head with it. Rolls down the road w- w- using that door as a kind yeah. of shield to prevent him yeah. from hurting himself. I, think that's I like amazing. that scene. I actually quite like that scene. I thought it was quite funny. It's um, superb. Then he, then he uses it as protection when they shoot at him as well and smacks the guy off his bike and nicks the yeah. bike and then goes the wrong way down the street. And uh, <laughs> this is quite funny because some, you know, you've got people like honking at him and yelling at him and he's like, I know I'm going the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way I, I want to go. The go. Wrong way. And then he says to someone, <laughs> damn, he's not even driving American iron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of other key points as it leads into the next issue is how do you, how do you feel about Destro's role in this storyline because he's they're watching him and the baroness are just relaxing Mm. you know with their hot chocolate and their feet up in their dressing gowns on the sofa watching some late night tv and it's being broadcast and they get into a bit of a conversation and destro's like you know these men with no honor he's talking about the jugglers yeah you know and hawk should you know should be a respected soldier etc and destro actually ends up kind of getting sticking his oar in doesn't he and getting involved in 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 the joe's plight it's, I mean, it's been part of his character history in most iterations of G.I. Joe, and that is this kind of like, yes, he's a, a bad guy that does bad things, but there's always this really odd sense of honour that goes with it, like almost like kind of passed down through the, the generations of the McCullen name and all this kind of stuff. So he has this odd way of, even though there is enemies, and this is probably a good, you know, this is good that that the Joes are, are being almost like benched or taken to pieces, basically disassembled. But for him, he's like, well, there's no honour in that. You know, I, he does everything with this 
kind of very old-fashioned kind of mindset but it's i suppose in a way it does allow for a more nuanced more complex character in that sense yeah, I, th- I think he was always my favorite kind of growing up and i think this has kind of reaffirmed him as everyone kind of likes the 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 villain or you know the anti-hero he kind of straddles that line doesn't he yeah um, and he's got a cool look you have a cool look you got you know you've got a mysterious background and then straddling the line of hero and villain but you've got a sense of honor and i think that that whole package is uh really appealing i think what i quite like about him in the gi joe comics is there was there was definitely that how I just described, how I described it before, that kind of honourable kind of man situation, and then in the Action Force comics, Red Jackal that turned into Destro, both yeah. both were you know they didn't really necessarily have that. It was more about being a bad guy, especially in the early issues, uh, the ones that we covered in Talking Force, yeah. where we looked at the kind of Action Force Weekly. There was definitely that early on, a more evil kind of guy that just was out to sell arms and and kill people. And in the GI Joe comics, Larry definitely made him way more interesting, and he made him the middle ground between the GI Joes and Cobra factions. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think you've summed it up good there. And then. Okay, yeah, so cool. So we've got Destro going to creep his way into this storyline towards the back end of the next issue. And Roblox now got away, but obviously he needs to effect some kind of rescue mission. Who does he go to? It's only uh, Lady Doomsday herself, Dr. Adele Burkhart. Adele Burkhart, yep. So she was in, obviously, issue one, mm. where they set the rescue mission. And then she was in the that walk through the jungle storyline, which I think it was late 30s, where... Uh, Ricondo and Stalker and some some guys go into the jungle yeah. to, to rescue her from some locals, and that was that was her last appearance. A uh, spoiler alert: but she actually makes another appearance in the latter A Real American Hero series that Larry Hammer's involved with. Uh, I won't okay. say anything else, but she does make another appearance in the comics. Cool. Excellent, and um, and yeah, so Roadblock turns up there, and that, that's quite a nice dynamic because she's obviously opposed to pretty much most of what the gi joe team or the military in general are doing but she she knows when someone's been wronged and yeah. she actually decides to help out in her own way with some cool scenes uh, at the hospital later on which which are cool but then roblox kind of rounds up the troops doesn't he rock and roll comes and rock and roll himself affects a rescue of several other joes which namely storm shadow jinx and billy yeah. who are accosted at an airport yeah by First of all, Jinx says, we're being roused by feds. What are these guys? CIA, DIA, CID, or NSA? And he goes, Must no, be they're DOA. DOA. <laughs> yeah. Which, of course, DOA, of course, everyone knows is domestic operations agency. Of course, yeah, not dead on arrival. No. Um, <laughs> and I love the fact that opening page, I mean, how, Harmer's great for kind of scripting, just splash opening pages. Yeah. And Rod, and Rod Wiggum, who I, I didn't realise he was back on art. Maybe it's just a single issue, but... Um, he d- he does he did a great job with all those splash page issues that he was on for so long and you got guys just dressed in you know monkey suits with the trilbies mm. shades your typical stereotypical fifties government <laughs> yeah fifties government agent this is something Feds. you'd see on like uh, L A Noir or like yeah. Uh, something yeah like some uh, old Hollywood kind of movie or something. But I do, I do like how these guys are always. They're always like the exact same looking as well. They've all got the same hair color. They've always got like shades on, or they've always got the exact same face. Yeah, just stooges, basically. It's, it's yeah, it's quite funny. But yeah, the um, the Arashikagi show that they don't mess about. Uh, they basically uh, whoop some ass and then 
rock and roll turns up in a bright yellow chevy bright yellow chevy with red flames yeah and yeah. and obviously they do the grand theft auto trick which is when yep. you're being chased by the police you go into that little car wash kind of body shop thing and they sort that out for you but in this case they go into a car wash <laughs> and they all got the mp's outfits inside the they change clothes inside the car wash this is straight out of cannonball run or cannonball run 2 i can't remember which one it is when they spray the lamborghini when they're in mid uh yep. pursuit yeah um, but in any case i don't i think i'm guessing this was stolen from cannonball run slash cannonball run 2 <laughs> great movies i like those movies classics so basically now you've got more of an ensemble now Lola and Grunt have turned up they've they've heeded the call of Roadblock at, at Burkhart's house so now you've got the makings of a, of a rescue squad yeah yeah and they find out that Hollingsworth and Hawk are being moved to a hospital but that information's actually been leaked by the bad guys there you go because they want the rescue attempt to come in they expect there to be a firefight and who knows who gets shot in a firefight it's basically an easy way for they think for them to cap off these loose ends of, of hollingsworth and hawk yeah and it's to be honest it's quite a, an in, an inspired plan and i think this again like this makes this particular very small arc very powerful as well i think there's like a good story to it really good solid story to it yeah there's a, there's a cool scene in the house here where grunt's been reunited with his buddies he's got rock and roll and he's holding he's holding the hog he's holding the m60 <laughs> and he says nice hog and he go and rock and roll says yeah i braised the sea rat can to the feed ramp myself <laughs> I don't, I don't know what any of that means, but sounds good. <laughs> he loved. I'm going to say this, but Larry loves talking military in in all of these issues, and it's really cool because you you pick up some. I mean, like he is a fountain of knowledge. You pick yeah. up some like all sorts of different things from his time in the forces as well. Like you know, from his time in the uh, in the armed forces. But yeah, it's like you can definitely tell that in in the right in the writing that he does. Like he there is I mean that is almost every page almost has something like that in it, doesn't it? Yeah, and I don't think anyone else was doing it. It was kind of unique to him and yeah. you know, it would be easy to just do effective exposition like that and it sound hokey and it make it sound like oh he's just telling me word Showing for off. word what's exactly <laughs> happening. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like you know a lecture or whatever and there's a I'm, I'm t- i might read out a panel in one of the special missions because that is crazy mm. with uh with specific technical military not even military just kind of technical how to start up a plane oh god um, yes and that is full-on I, I might read it out i don't know we'll see you know but, you're, uh, you only have to now <laughs> <laughs> something else happens that we talked about in the last issue you know when we have like a, a group of Joes on the screen, and they and they do the almost like a roll call. Like you said, yes. the, the 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 episode prior to the one I was on last week, um, you said they were doing the the whole check, the kind of parachute checks, and then yep. the one we did there was a roll call for the the recon team, and then now we've got this this group of Joes, which I, I must admit I could I'd, I'd be all right with maybe four or five of these picking these out without the without the explanation. Yeah. But honestly, like you kind of need this because they're all wearing green shades. They don't have any of their kind of normal gear on. They've all got the same white gear on, and they're all kind of getting ready to storm this um, this mental health institution. Yeah. Oh, and then they they do the roll call in the back of the van, don't they? Yeah. So it's was it bazooka, barbecue, and flash. You are rear security, wetsuit, snow job, stealer, and I are right and left flank security we make sure nobody gets near the main party got it yep. and it's yep. like what this is amazing oh, there's, there's, there's zap as well in the panel before again we've been over it a dozen times zap 
Oh yeah, mm. the me- the main party consists of Roadblock, Burkhart, Rock and Roll, Grunt, and Lola, and then obviously Zap pops up, and a few of those guys they probably don't even make it onto the pages, but they get name wrecked. And some of these guys we haven't seen for months and months or years and years. Yeah. But there's another, another. the Stooges are back from the beginning of the episode who are wearing their 1950s government stuff. <laughs> and now they're piling out of a bus with their doctor garb on, still shades, but now they're carrying Uzis. Yeah. And why would you have that out in the open? <laughs> it's hilarious. I suppose that's really just for the, the the comic, isn't it? That's just to show you. They're, they're packing. But yeah. Um, yeah, that is funny. It's like, well, surely you would have those hidden. The art here is not, I don't, you know, I, I couldn't tell straight away that it was Rod Wiggum because I think, yeah, looking, this is Fred Fredericks inking him and I don't think he had previously inked any of the other Rod Wiggum pages. I think the art's really good, but it it's definitely feels a little bit looser or scratchier mm. than previous, previous Rod Wiggum books. But, you know, I, I, I quite like it. I think, for me, it's more consistent than the previous issue, but I, yes. I, I agree with you. I think it's not the best art we've seen in a Joe comic. Um, it's not the worst. But, yeah, yeah I think the I think the colouring has a lot to do with that. And there's yeah. a lot of very straightforward block colours being used. And sometimes, like, for example, when they go in that room and they're talking to the generals who are kind of, like, you know, yeah. handcuffed, you, you're in a green room and then all of a sudden you scroll down a, cu- a couple of panels and it's a yellow wall and then you scroll down another panel and it's a blue background and you're just kind of like yeah. i mean you know can we pick a theme and stick with it do you know what i mean like it's I'm, I'm not sure if i'm being taken elsewhere or if it's you know i'm not sure what kind of effect that has on you visually but you know maybe it's to break up the monotony of the um of the same color maybe but still yeah. it's like What's going on? I don't know what room I'm in. Nice touch. How are they going to tell the Joes who are now dressed as doctors? Oh, this is from cool. the actual Stooges who are dressed as doctors. Cover girls got some neat shades with some f- filters which have polar uh, fit with polarized filters, so she can actually see that all the GI Joes have GI Joe branded outfits on. I bet they use the disappearing, reappearing ink that you got in the Action Force <laughs> fan club pack. Right. <laughs> yeah Uh, that's amazing also did they really have time to like do all of this i mean how difficult is it just like on the lead up to a convention if i've even got like a couple of months to get a t-shirt printed yes in time is difficult and these guys have managed to somehow find a place that does these shades and also gi joe emblazoned invisible clothing that's all yeah. like the same it's it's brilliant and it, it all kind of comes to a head doesn't it the effective ninja force team are smashing in doors and windows and beating people up and then there's a really cool scene where the the press are there the stooges the bad guys and the gi joes and it's all a uh, sort of an impasse and then one clown decides somebody has to get the ball rolling it just basically opens up with his uzi Rat-a-tat-a-tat-a-tat. everyone hit everyone hits the hits the deck except burkhart who's basically standing there firm with a briefcase wagging a finger in the air this is an outrage i'm a non-combatant stop this sensor shooting immediately you know as as the bullets whiz around her you know whistling through her hair and then you've got cover girl getting shot and bazooka getting getting hit and she yeah. and somehow she is like protected by uh another you know like guardian angel or something yeah Yeah, it's it's quite quite hilarious and then malthus takes it to another level he's got hollingsworth and and hawk pinned down in a room he chucks a grenade in i know that's 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 hardcore that is absolute carnage and somehow they survived that yes i think i think they got under the bed covers (laughs) i don't know 
<laughs> which is, yeah they have as well they're like quick yeah. come under here let's make a fort we'll be protected yeah. in here is that in the in the background uh out the window no it's not for a second there i thought it was a tomahawk but it's just a right. it's probably like a news helicopter isn't it or, or it like could that. be destro because on the next page destro comes in on a helicopter oh, yeah you're right you're right and yeah. um basically he clears the whole thing up in three panels right at the end uh you know malthus just the person i came to see as if destro just swung by the hospital climbing down his ladder oh malthus i was looking for you son where are you i've got some papers to serve you (laughs) after a grenade is taken out the window yeah it's like i'm gonna go into this i'm just clearing up a loose end when you contracted my armaments corporation to supply the ammunition for the cobra island operation you neglected to take your receipt and your copy of the purchase order as the press films the whole thing strange purchase order the order was paid through a special services fund supposedly for basketballs (laughs) yeah so basically he stitched up the general good and proper and we assume now the Joes are off the hook and Malthus is the one going to the funny farm. Exactly. Well, that with all of that is assumed, but you can safely assume that, I think, for the most part with um, with some of these issues. I um, absolutely... I, I did, like I said, I love the storyline that runs through these. I love after... Like what they call it, the aftershocks or the, the after effects of, of the Cobra Island Civil War and what it meant for the joes and it was nice to kind of to do this not and honestly i think they could probably have kept this going for a couple more issues i think it could have yep. been one where you know maybe we had a little bit more time or another issue at least to build up roadblock getting his team together maybe that we could have seen them preparing to you know get hawk and hollingsworth sorted out but at the same time i feel like there was a time crunch because that was almost pressed initially with you know we're obviously being taken there to be getting rid of. So obviously, you know, that that in itself was the, the time factor that, that led the Joes to have to act really quickly. What do you, what do you want to yo-jo cola this one? In terms of your ranking, what, what's my, your... My ranking. Out of 10. What out you of 10. It? Okay, so the, the overall arc, I'm probably going to give it... Because obviously Cobra, the Cobra Island arc, I think I gave like eight and a half. I'm yep. going to drop... Like, there's a few things obviously I have issues with in this these issues. One is the inconsistency in the art and some i'm just like not like a massive fan of that first issue and the second issue is you know take it or leave it it's it's okay um there are a few little points in the in the story that i think are a little hokey but again there are some brilliant things and the overall plot's really good and strong so i think the writing saves what is a pretty poor showing on the art front and for that i'm going to give it a six and a half okay sorry that took me ages to get to that's all right i'm giving it eight (laughs) (laughs) that was much better and quicker chief done do halves i'll go i'll go mid-range eight (laughs) so moving on to special missions number nine so this one is on the cover you have got a is it a hind yeah hind d or a hind e hind d maybe yeah uh, hind, Russian Hind D gunship. Yep. Yes. Oh, first page tells me that. <laughs> if I had only flicked over the cover, uh, yeah, with a couple of looks like rebels in the Hindu Kush of Afghanistan. Firing rockets. Script by Larry Harmer. Artist is Herb Trimp. Colorist Bob Shireen. And letters by Phil Felix. This is called Plausible Denial. That that's always a bad. That's always bad, isn't it? When when it's plausible deniability. Yes. It's always it's always a it's always a difficult time for the soldiers in this one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what what's happening here? Um, you've got like you say it's, it's based in Afghanistan and Iran, 
and the Joes are basically manipulating a Russian special forces team to try and release an American uh, prisoner of war effectively. Mm. This is very complex as well because there's a lot of kind of CIA connections and there's a you know the, what what I also think as well is like uh, this probably was indicative of the time because there was a lot of footage coming out of Afghanistan uh, with them and Russia at kind of you know yeah. like kind of uh, loggerheads and when they started getting rocket propelled grenades in Afghanistan that's when these hind helicopters started becoming like easy pickings because they had been coming through right. and just wiping out forces okay. and all sorts so when these ro- rocket propelled grenades kind of came onto the scene it kind of leveled the playing field and that's something that larry again has done here he's yeah. kind of like mirroring that kind of current political yeah. and, and wartime scenario that makes sense because uh my kind of historical viewpoint of this period is a bit spotty and m- that ties into what i do know and that, that was all learned through the movie charlie wilson's war with tom hanks yeah which is <laughs> yes. which is kind of which is kind of what you know what you've kind of described there so yeah but yeah this uh, i like this i like this there's a lot going on here oh, you know you've got to keep got to keep track of the the plots the twists the subplots the characters but you know herb trimpey fantastic job on pretty much all these special missions issues the art in this is really good isn't it it's a real kind of you know he doesn't go over the top cartoony he keeps it sort of militaristic everything looks real um yeah some real nice there's some nice shots one if you flip the few pages ahead there's just a very simple shot of the side of a, a a little van bus type thing that's covered in gear and you know all sorts of different things on on the top of the roof and everything it's all strapped like very loosely you know like this packed bus and you know again that but the artwork is just really spot on and it looks really really good so the joes here correct me if i'm wrong the joes there's three of them isn't there slipstream psycout and lieutenant falcon yeah there's some some rebels here and they've got some uh, russian captives now the joes are gonna dress up as russians and effectively rescue these russians because then they want the russians to go on a mission in iran to rescue an american captive yeah dressed as which they want the they want the russians to do it because the joes don't want to do it because they don't want to you know fail and get caught and then have to explain themselves they want the russians to do it for them yep and then when the Russians get the American out, that's when they'll spring the trap and take the American off the Russians. Yeah. Am I right? Correct. But they, I think they anticipated... But the Russians are wise to it. They know. Yeah. They're like, these Americans have got rubbish accents. We know clearly they're Americans. Let's go along with it because it's our best hope of pulling a double cross on the Americans when we finally get out. Yeah. And again, like because obviously you've got psych out in this issue, I feel like the idea is to create this really complex, weird kind of storyline that then has everyone trying to second guess each other. And yeah. with the Joes having psych out, who can obviously kind of like, you know, he's experienced in this line of thinking and this kind of military strategy kind of uh, almost like guessing what the other guys are going to do before they do it. They already kind of, even though the, the Russians don't do what the G.I. Joes wanted them to do, it's almost insinuated that the Joes knew that was going to happen anyway. Yeah. Do you know exactly. what I mean? Like, especially at yeah. the end when it's like, and then, you know, it's like saying that Psych Out thinks that, you know this is going to happen i mean this for me this issue isn't you like i mean there are there are a few uh, moments of you know kind of a bit of action here and there but in terms of like a usual issue this isn't very normal i mean there's a lot you, it's a real thinker when you get to the end of it and you're kind of thinking yeah. so 
what are we doing here? Like, what what's the actual upshot of this? And it's just one of those things where I think as well, there's a story of, you know, life goes on and there doesn't always have to be a resolution. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a, there's almost like a, there's, there are certain resolutions to certain things, but not to the overall kind of uh, mission, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it, it, it does. It's just, you know, another piece of the, the tapestry of war or whatever, you know, it's just yeah. going to be another mission similar to this after that. And another one, it's just, you know, a, a small cog in the... The, the cycle but i found that panel they they've they've got a plane it's a it's a ju-52 is that a junker I don't junker know. yeah yeah okay yeah yeah. and they're, they're going to start the, the the engine starting procedure is main battery on check ignition set retarded check master ignition out check three ignition set one plus two check fuel switch is set to prime check mixture rich check oil coolers closed check activate front engine prime check inertial starter pressed count to 20 now pull I follow the directions. This BMW 9-banger radial ought to light up and make 725 horses gallop. There she goes. Now, ignition set to advance. Check. Throttle to 700 RPM to 1200. Check. Oil temp to 30 degrees. RPM to 1400. Check. Generator online. Check. Oil temp to 40. Oil coolers open. Check. And that's just to get one of these engines running. Blimey. <laughs> and it's, so. it's crazy. That, I mean, obviously, he's done, uh, Larry's done his research there. I don't think necessarily he was a seasoned pilot. But no. um, uh, that is some. Um, I, I I may even hazard a guess that he may have even asked a a friend in the military who yeah. maybe was a pilot to uh, go through like you know how how did you fly one of these things or he's just gone on Google and Googled it. But well, you couldn't back then, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely done old school Google and he's either read a book, which is more likely, or he's asked one of his friends in the in the forces because that is. I mean that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's you know that's going go the extra mile, isn't it? Which yeah. is, I, I, th- I think he did another good job of being able to find the niche for this particular offshoot book. So you know, keep the action, you know, potentially silliness in the main book, and mm. try and try and just have a, a what is effectively a military war book, but still with the GI Joe characters. So even though you could argue we don't really need to know that they're joe characters they could be anyone it actually does help that you know yeah. like you said psychouts on the mission so that adds an element to his character and what he's trying to achieve and lieutenant falcon you know we've we've got to know him a little bit and he's pretty cool and slipstreams the the pilot guy so it actually does help them being joes but it doesn't intrude on the story in a negative way at all totally and and the other thing is they're not it's not always against cobra it's it's all over the world it's in different countries it's different forces it's like you know you may not have known before that the forces are called this in this country but you know like spetsnaz and and all that kind of stuff so it it was almost like a, a a nice little way of introducing kids to more knowledge on the subject as well yeah um yeah and i and again Special Missions is one of my favourite offshoots of G.I. Joe. If they could, if we only got Special Missions style comics for the rest of our lives, yep. I'd die a happy man. Like it's okay. just, um, I love the fact that they go, they go deep into the the pool of characters because G.I. Joe is like six hundred and something characters deep. It's huge. Like it's yep. it's just insane. There's no way in hell you're going to keep me interested, Gavin. The same five characters every week or every month or however much time it comes out. Uh, you know in regularity there's no way I'm going to be interested in seeing just five people every time so to completely go into different specialties that cover whatever this mission is dealing with then I think that's brilliant it's genius and it really keeps people it keeps me interested anyway yeah yeah sorry yeah next 
I'm, I'm just looking at my every Joe ever rankings, and I'm looking to see what my highest special missions one is. So in the top 20 G.I. Joe stories of all time that we've of issues we've covered so far i've actually got a few i've got a few special missions in the top 20 and at number 19 i've got the special missions preview from issue 50 of the the regular series best defense the one where they get on the plane yeah i gave that one an eight out of ten uh i've got at number 15 on my chart i've got special missions number eight which was called ambush Mm -hmm. the one with low light and uh you know, he's got a, there's a buffalo in the road with a kid. Yes. Then at number twelve, I've got special missions issue one. That sinking feeling with awesome. the Joes, the October God, etc. So I'm just kind of compare this to those. I gave all those eight, so I think I probably have to give this one an eight as well. Is it, or would I prefer to read those ones? I, th- I think I'm going to give this one a high seven i would act, that, that's that's fair enough i would actually go as far as to say this isn't my favorite special missions issue and there's obviously like i think a lot more that i would enjoy more but yep. it certainly is it's not just your regular run-of-the-mill comic like there's a lot going on in this and that's what makes it quite interesting it's quite difficult to follow in all in all fairness like even by the end of it you're kind of like so uh yep. what's going on so but that, that's not a bad thing but at the same time i i wouldn't say it's one that i would you know rush back to and read again but you see i like kind of special missions like i forget the issue number but it's the shockwave cover it's when there's that oh yeah yeah when they have to kind of like yeah they have to break in that door and and uh the, you've got that extremist that's you know holding his family hostage effectively there's kind of issues 20, like that. 22 22 yes 22 you know i really like those when again when you kind of get a character that maybe hasn't had a any kind of highlight or shine for a while when it's like the same old characters it's fine it's cool it's good to see chuckles and roblox back again in the next issue but you know i'd love to see you know really obscure characters and but that's what special missions allowed you to do it allowed you to see a lot of the obscure characters so i'm going to give issue nine uh seven okay cool uh moving on to issue 10 uh so this issue is called turnabout cover is roadblock (laughs) (laughs) roadblock chuckles and some guy we've not met yet on the cover Mm -hmm. uh surrounded by bad guys i quite like this cover yeah it's cool very cool they're all silhouetted well they're not silhouetted but they're all is shaded in blue Mm. spotlight down this scene pretty much doesn't happen in the comic, but it's no. a good indicator of you know what what to expect. And Roblox is rocking some mighty cool duds in this uh, on that cover. You know, stripes, yellow jacket, <laughs> uh, bowler hat, and shooter. Oh, uh, and a tie. That is gangster. He looks like someone from the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is. Uh, Harmer is obviously the writer, Herb Trimpe's artist, Bob Shereen colourist, Phil Felix's letters. And this takes place in England, somewhere near Oxford to be precise, in the, begin- in the, in the beginning at least. Interesting, that's where Bob Breakin was born, who was the godfather of Palatoy Action Force. Carry ah, on. There you go, there you go. Yes, and these guys, Chuckles and Roblox, have been sent to get the uh, young prince nagoto and take him back to he's like a head of state or something like that they've they've, they've he's studying at university they come to take him back to wherever he's from uh, equatorial uh, kalingaland kalingaland yeah that's come kalingaland. up a few times hasn't it yeah in the in the gij world yep uh, so he can go back to his homeland to reclaim the throne how many times have we seen this sentence 
kill the running dogs of the imperialist puppet masters that has come up and marxist regime like how many times has larry used that i've got that on my sheet i've I've got that on my prep sheet to basically call out but you you've done it so sorry again no no you're good you're you're ahead of the game and there's another one later on where they're on the plane (laughs) they've smuggled some uzis in the tinfoil ready meals oh yeah 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 yeah, the death to the running dog lackey of the imperialist warmonger, crypto-fascist military-industrialist capitalist cartels. Boom. N- nice, nice speech. <laughs> Too bad the guns don't work. Yeah, he that's took amazing. the firing pins out. Yeah, that's genius. Uh, yeah, as it turns out, young Prince Nagoto isn't that young. He's actually a professor uh, at Oxford University, and they, they you know, they, you're led to believe that he was just a, a youngster studying. There's a cool bit actually early on when. Uh, yeah, so guys have been sent to off him effectively because they don't want him going back to sit on the throne. And there's a cool bit where he introduces himself and he says, "Actually, Prince Nagoto the younger, my brother, Prince Nagoto the the elder, was killed in a polo accident back in '53." <laughs> I do not want to see what happens when you die in a polo accident. <laughs> and then he says, "My father, the former King Nagoto, had me measured for this twelve bore when I was 13." So basically, when he's a youngster, his dad's like, oh, what can we get this kid? Let's measure him up for a 12-bore shotgun. Maybe he was killed in a polo mint accident and choked on it. (laughs) Could be. Could be. (laughs) For the Americans out there, polos are mints. You can just Google it. Is there there an equivalent minted Mm, candy in the States? Not really. Uh, Yes, there is, actually, off the top of my head. I've forgotten what it's called. Maybe not Lifesavers. Uh, yeah, life. Uh, actually, life. I've seen adverts for Lifesavers in these old magazines, but I don't know if those ever mint ones. Mm, I'm going to have to throw that out to our American listeners. Okay. So, if you listen to Talking Joe and you're American and you know what a Polo Mint is, and you also know what the equivalent is, get on us at Twitter. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, because in the in the UK, obviously, Polo Mint's very very popular, and they're. I don't know if they still sell them, but they were they were fruit Polos. <sighs> But they were hard to come by. I bloody loved them, though. They was like eating good. little plastic things. Yes, they were good. They were but good. they were great. Oh, my God, I want them now. Damn you. <laughs> you did this to um, me last time. You did this, on, you did this with Jaffa wagon Cakes. Wagon wheels Wagon or something. wheels, yeah. that was it. You did it with wagon wheels. Now you're doing it. Now I want Jaffa Cakes because I got that wrong. And now all hey. we can think of is Jaffa Cakes, fruit hey. polos, and wagon wheels. I just want to hey. die in a pool of all of those. <laughs> you move halfway across the world, you pay the price, my friend. I know. You pay the candy price. I know. It's all garbage. Anyway. So, yes, uh, this is an all-action episode here. So, you know, they're, they've escaped Oxford where guys with uh, shooters are trying to... And Uzi. Uzis are a popular weapon around this time. Mm. They've, they've escaped those guys. They've got onto a civilian aircraft and they've managed to... One of my favourite bits is where those guys on the plane, they do their running dog lackey speech, mm. spiel, and Road Dog's taking the firing pins out. And basically he just tells them, go and, after they realise it's not going to happen, he says something like, go and sit down, whatever. I know, just it's like... Sends them like a naughty schoolboys. He's told them off, go and sit in your seats. And then like you've got that woman with the walking stick. He's like, you two ought to be thoroughly ashamed of yourselves. Yeah, yeah. Don't stare it. at them, Harold. And then like that couple and she's saying that, yeah. It's, <laughs> that's the one thing in this, in this particular special missions that I, I was like, like um maybe arrest them they yeah. just tried killing yeah. people like you know this is a terror attack but maybe they they just didn't they, they just want to get sorted and yeah. you know get to the next plane which is yeah. part of the c-130 hercules piloted yeah. by wild bill fortunately the c-130 turns up like you say and that seems to be the go-to mm. it, you wouldn't think it would be the most practical aircraft to be mm. used so much by the joes but it is 
because Larry liked it. And uh, as always, like you say, while Bill's driving, uh, uh, flying, piloting, not driving. And this is where rock and roll gets some new duds. Or have we seen this outfit before? Not rock and roll, roadblock. Oh, yeah, Connor's got confused then. Yes. <laughs> roadblock in his white pants. He's in the back of the C-130 and he's, he's shooting his 50 cal at some Soviet MiG. Out the Sorry, yeah, the no, I was behind. I was behind. Yes, you're 100% correct. I've skipped about 10 pages without yeah, telling you, you. You've gone quite a way ahead. Like, there's a, there's a, yeah, he's wearing his uh, version 2 gear now. Yeah. yeah, he's gone from, you're right, actually. Yeah, we've we've just been looking at Roadblock in, um, in the regular series where he's wearing his version 1 get, get up. And now we see him in his version. Well, I think it's version three in the US, as I think as Yojo call it, because his he had a Tiger Force version, didn't he, as well? Ah. And so I think technically it's version three, but yeah, I I always refer to him as version two. Let me just check because this issue is April eighty eight. Okay, so this, yeah, this might have just um, been and, further along. And in the main series, we're October eighty eight. So this special mission's happened before the issues. You know, about six months before the issues we've just read in the regular series. Interesting. That's really interesting. You'd think it would be the other way around. Yeah. So effectively, they um, they were just you know maybe that. Well, let's face it; those guys were rushing a little bit to get those issues out. And yes. I think in the fact that they made General Hawks kind of get up that went that flash back to an old style. What they clearly were doing was using reference like you know like figures or information old information for these characters so you know it wasn't as easy back then was it it wasn't like one of those things where it's like this is the version we need you to do you know make sure it's this one you could go online and check you know like on on this one it would be like okay it's roadblock so i'll just draw a roadblock as i know him I've, I've drawn him a million times yeah so maybe it had a lot to do with that but yeah that is quite interesting that that's the ver- that we get a version not the right version roadblock in that that time period especially when that figure was probably on shelves i mean the and, and yeah definitely and i think you're going to touch on some roadblock stuff uh in a, in a short yeah, while i'll be touching roadblock up in a second <laughs> but these guys eventually they get the prince back to kalingaland and there's russians there and there's americans there kind of whispering in in his ear and he says get lost both of you clowns uh, you're no longer welcome here we're gonna have free elections we're gonna uh, run things my way and he basically boots them out and and starts his own little democracy and again it's like very political very complex this is typical larry you know really good writing from larry again and um again it's it's you know it i've, I've again enjoyed this issue i thought it's really really cool and i like the fact that you go from having the joes in their funny clothing like they're kind of like chilled out casual clothes and then by the end of the issue they're all rocking their uh they're all rocking their action figure yeah, clothing. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to yo-jo this one uh, a seven. I think I, uh, which is the same as I gave the last issue. And then when I rank them, I don't know which one I'll rank higher. What would I rather read again? Maybe this one. I think. I think this one will go as a high seven. The previous one will go as a mid seven. I think this one it has got a lot going on again, and I think uh, we we kind of brush past it. But there's a really good scene with the C-130 Hercules having like a dog fight with uh with a mig yes uh, and i did i did i enjoyed that quite a lot i thought that was quite a cool little scene and also some beautiful artwork in in that like there's one scene where the c-130 clips like this mountain top 
you know wham and everything but it's it's really really cool how it how it's drawn and i love that that panel of roadblock that you're talking about in his white pants that yeah. pose he's pulling is just amazing as he's trying to walk down the back to uh open the ramp and then fire at that plane again like i i just i think there's more in this one that i really enjoyed and I, i'm probably gonna give it uh i'm probably gonna give it a 7.5 cool all right, good stuff. Uh, I really that, go around the houses with that bit. That, that, that wraps up the issues for this week. Next week, we'll give you another reminder at the end of the show, but next week we are doing issues 79 and 80 from Real American Hero and issues 11 and 12 from Special Missions. Nice. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Now it's time for Chris Talks Toys. Ooh, new segment. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So I was tasked um, prior to the recording by my good friend Chief, uh, now my good friend Chief, uh, now that we're partners. Not in that sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Yes. No. Whatever. Um, so basically I was tasked to pick a, well, it didn't have to be related to the issues, but I thought it might make sense that as we do these issues, um, for me to highlight a specific vehicle or action figure that you know has a close kind of connection with myself related to the issues that we've been talking about and obviously a character that kind of pops up on a regular basis in all those issues that we were talking about is roadblock uh, marvin f hinton and he uh, obviously as a character in the uk i believe was available on palatoy card as his version one kind of us version in 85 but then we had to wait quite a while afterwards, I think like 87, for, and it is version 2 Roadblock, just to uh, com- correct what I was saying previously, right. uh, the Tiger Force version was actually version 3. So quite interestingly, his second version is this amazing figure uh, that we see in that, at the end of that special missions, that last special missions issue. And this particular figure, obviously I'm going to have to describe it because it's not one of those video podcasts I like to do so often. <laughs> He's wearing his kind of grey trousers as opposed to white. Obviously, white pops a bit stronger on comics. Um, He's got this green vest with, like, red... They're almost like little bits of red padding, but they also act as well as kind of, like, clasps to close the vest together. And then a red shoulder kind of pad as well. And then under that, he's wearing, like, a white shirt, like a T-shirt, and black gloves. So you've got, you know, and and you're kind of bald roadblock and then he's also got a tan belt and like a tan strap with a black knife on it as well so he's kind of rocking some it's a kind of cool like it's a really odd but it's a really cool update on the the original roadblock who was like a you know that kind of like vest like camo vest and and camo pants kind of uh kind of deal so this particular figure when it came out this was the first one i owned the first roadblock i owned and I absolutely loved him. The, the character in the face is like the, the head sculpt's brilliant as well. His little kind of soul patch at the on his chin and yep. his tash. I never owned any roadblock figures. Oh, that mate, I feel so bad for yeah. you. Yeah, sad day. For me, this was one of my favorite one of my favorite figures, and he came with the huge machine gun with a three point kind of like stand to lock it into. Uh, which was great. But they were the only two things he came with. The card art on the card was absolutely astonishingly good as well like his arms are huge on that card art and he's holding the gun actually by the by the butt you know like kind of across him and it's just a really solid piece of artwork the reason i've I've kind of focused on this roadblock figure is that i have a little story to tell 
So in my younger days in junior school, I think it was, I had, you know, I was playing, I took a few of these figures with me to school and Roadblock was one and we were playing uh, myself and my friend David Buckle. Yes, he's getting a full name shout (laughs) on this show. If he does ever listen to it, I'm not even sure if he'll remember this, but he ended up, I ended up like giving him Roadblock to play with and he's got him in his hand. Anyway, like for whatever reason, Roadblock ended up in his pocket. I think it's because we were going in, you know, the the bell went and we were going into the school. So we had to kind of put our toys away. So we go into the the session or we come out, um, we come out for like recess or, you know, playtime or break is what we call it in the UK. Um, I'm telling you like you don't know that and um, or recess for the Americans. And we come out to have a break, and he, and he goes to get Roadblock out of his pocket, pulls him out, and he's in pieces. Oh, dear. And I was like, I was devastated. Now, had I known back then how easy it was to fix these figures, and to have, you know, like with spare O-rings, because that's all that happened, the O-ring had snapped. But as a kid, I had no clue. And my buddy gives me Roadblock back, and it's just like the saddest thing to have... <laughs> This roadblock in pieces. I don't know what happened to this roadblock. I think maybe my mum and dad may have thrown him out because he was broken. Right. But the the problem with that is he was so easily fixable that I could have dealt <laughs> with it in later life. Anyway, I have bought him since. Okay. But um, uh, at the time, yeah, I was absolutely gutted. And my buddy, David Buckle... I really hope he listens to this. I may even tag him in the post when, <laughs> when I put this episode up because I want to know if he remembers. But um, yeah, that was a that was a moment of complete devastation because I thought this figure was so good. Ouch! I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, them's the breaks, so to speak. Literally, literally. Yes. So that's my that's my uh, Chris talks toys this okay. week. Okay. And it's Roadblock version 2. And we'll have another one uh, next week. Maybe relating to the issues we're reading. Maybe not. I'll let Chris decide. It will uh, definitely relate to the issue. But, but now <laughs> it's the time of the show where... Chief asked Chris a question. Chief asked Chris a question. What'll he say? What'll he do when Chief asked Chris a question? Hopefully what you'll do is answer it, but you never know. Uh, Hopefully. So we, I mentioned earlier what was grinding my gears inside my mind was old drivers and I was at a zebra crossing... Normally, on this bit, I would ask Ben, like, his opinions on things, you know, just a, a good insight into his opinions. But for, for your first one, I'm actually testing you. Oh, goodness. Can you name the other three main UK pedestrian crossings, aside from the zebra crossing? Bloody hell. Uh, Pelican? Pelican is one, yes. And I will tell you what the Pelican crossing is. Pelican crossing is a crossing with traffic lights, uh, and it has white zigzags on the inside curb of the road for like sort of 10 metres or so. But that's basically the main type of crossing you'll see, uh, you know, on English roads. I do also remember, I remember vaguely Toucan crossing, because yep, that sounds another, right. Another bird, so we've got the Pelican and now we've got the Toucan. The Toucan crossing are similar to Pelican crossings, but they allow cyclists and pedestrians to cross. The best way to remember the name is Toucan Cross. Oh, classic. But it's obviously spelt T-O-U-C-A-N, as in the bird. And the only other one I... I can't think of five. You did say five, didn't you? I think I said three others. There's, I've actually got four, but one of them's you know, a weird one. We'll go on to that. But there's one more main one. So you've got the so pelican, zebra, the zebra, zebra, the toucan. Yeah, ze- zebra, pelican, toucan, and puffin are the only ones I know. Yes, puffin. You've done them. Puffin... Uh, crossing pedestrian user-friendly intelligent crossing 
or puffin crossing for short. These pedestrian crossings look very similar to pelican crossings but have sensors on top of the traffic lights. These sensors detect if pedestrians are crossing slowly and can hold the red traffic lights longer if required. Bloody hell, I, 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 do you know, I don't it? think I've ever seen them. No, no. I <laughs> wouldn't I know, I I wouldn't know yeah. the difference between that and a, pe- a pelican. But, God knows. And there is one more which you will see you know, on these pelican crossings and the, whatever we just said, puffin crossings. For the pedestrian, there is either a red man to don't cross or a green man saying do cross. This next crossing has a picture not of a man saying do or don't cross. It has a picture of something else to say do cross uh... <laughs> it's called it's called a pegasus crossing a pegasus and it, fla- crossing. it flashes up a picture of a horse the f- yeah sorry there you go that allows horse riders to cross safely i have never heard of a pegasus crossing in my life neither have i till i read this article in preparation for this question but there okay. you go okay well i've good you've, you've learned something and uh, any americans any Americans listening, code. yeah, your Green Cross code needs work. But any Americans uh, listening who are going to be vacationing in in the UK, you, you take note of those crossings we've given you. So Talking Joe will give you something. Keep a lookout for those Pegasus crossings. <laughs> They're everywhere. Um, <laughs> you can catch us in all the usual places, Talking underscore Joe on Twitter, Talking Joe Comics on Instagram, Talking Joe Comics at gmail.com. Talking Joe, a G.I. Joe podcast on Facebook. Also check out the Full Force podcast in all the usual places. Uh, next week, as I said, we will be discussing G.I. Joe issue, Real American Hero issues 79 and 80 and special missions numbers 11 and 12. With that all done and dusted, we will see you down the road. Peace. Peace.